You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today, we're going to talk about a word that the Lord gave me for 2023. It's one of the words, but this is the one we're going to focus on today. Probably the first of the year, we'll have a service that's just devoted to what the Lord is saying for the new year. But we're going to talk about uh, this, the year of the church. 2023 is the year of the church. And everybody should be cheering. Yes, it's the year of the church. And by the time I get done, you're not only going to be cheering, you're going to wish Matt was here to run. <laughs> we watch him run. We don't run with him, right? Except Gene does sometimes. Look at him. Okay, we'll let you run today. We're going to let you run. He's going to take his shoes off and take a, a, a uh, uh, lap around. So the, the other day while I was praying, I'm talking to the Lord he said, 2023. And I'm like, okay. He said, you know, that equals seven, right? So if you added across, that equals seven. And I was like, no, but I do now. And usually I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a numbers person. So that kind of thing pops into my head pretty quickly. But um, I said, yep. I said, I do now. He said, 2023 will be the year of my church. And I was like, God, what does that actually mean? And, you know, the number seven means completeness. It means rest. He created the, day, the world in six days. In the seventh day, he rests. Uh, it means holiness. You know, there's a lot of things the number seven means. But he, uh, one of the things it means is it transcends from the natural into the supernatural. The, the number seven, that's part of its meaning. And one of the things that he has shown us this year is about how the supernatural is rising up in a way where it's, we're naturally supernatural. There are things that are happening that we're realizing there's no way it can happen unless God has breathed on it or he's moved on it and suddenly it's happened. And we've had a zillion testimonies from delays being brought forward, from not being able to find a house to finding a house. We've had more people move into houses this year where, where everybody says the prices are too high. No one can afford it, but God can afford what he has for you right? And so that's what's happening. We are seeing such a move of God and it's actually catching us off guard. 
But what he's doing is he is prepping us for the move that's about to happen in his house, in his people in 2023. And part of this um, move is, well, let's see, where shall we start? Okay, because I almost got ahead. I almost got ahead of myself. So let me just tell you what he said to me. He said, my church will enter into a season of restoring and reviving the love it had for me that has been lost. I will visit my people and call them back to me. The religious spirit will have to find another place to live because it is being evicted from my body. I am calling my people into a deep love. And he said, it is a new wineskin. And I didn't know what the wineskin was. And then I had lunch with a friend of mine who was on a conference call, long story. But they were talking about how the new wineskin is intimacy. How we've moved into a place of intimacy with the Lord. And I asked him, I said, what does that look like? And he said, you guys are doing it. People across the world are doing it. And I'm just going to read a couple of just examples of it as soon as I can find it here. Because my heart is racing because I'm so excited because I want to see the body restored. I want to see where there's such a, and that was one of the things. He said, there is a new worship that is occurring amongst my people. It is a worship that glorifies and honors me. There is a hunger that is stirring inside of my people that make them in a pursuit mode of my heart. You know, sometimes we think uh, God's going to restore his house by slapping us all around a few times. But God is saying he is restoring the house by stirring us up inside in a way where we are so hungry for him. The restoration is starting from the inside out. It's not from the outside in. So he's stirring so much up in us that all we can do is pursue him because he's the only one that can fulfill what we're hungering for. So there's, it's, it's like, we want a program and a plan to fix the house. But God's like, I am the program and the plan. I am it. You don't need a three-tiered level thing. You just need my thing. And so I, I'm not looking for, you know, the top three programs that we can do to make him revive us because he is already reviving us by stirring up something within us that is so real and so tangible and by visiting us and by showing up and by doing these crazy things for us, finding us houses and calling forth couches that have been delayed and cabinets that were supposed to be installed all of a sudden showing up. He's doing these things that he's saying, if you think this is good, you haven't seen anything. Because what I'm doing, no one can do but me. 
And the restoration of his house is coming by his demonstration. He's not asking us to be good enough to be demonstrated to. He's demonstrating to us. So we know that he is moving for us in order to move us into a position that he has for us. And we have talked about this over the last year or so, uh, where we, God is just doing these things that cause us to not only awe, but ponder what in the heck just happened? Because I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. God did it for us. God moved on our behalf. And then suddenly we're in a place that we never thought we could be in because God said it is time to get you where you need to be. And there, there are times where we've had a, a season of little like rest and dryness. Like I say, there's when one door closes, the other one's not open. There's hell in the hallway. Sometimes it's hard going from one assignment to the next. But what we have to realize is the in between the two assignments is a time of rest, is a time of rejoicing. It's a time of praising God, because we know that if that assignment's over, then the next one's going to be greater. And, and that's where God is calling his body. And he's, I've been reading Haggai. I've read it several times, but I just want to read a couple of scriptures out of Haggai. We're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to give you some of the things he showed me were going to be signs of this coming thing that he's already doing. You know, sometimes when we talk about things, we're like, well, when the Lord does this, well, I, God is saying, I am already doing this, but what I'm showing you is the more of this that is going to come. He's already doing it. If you notice the, the worship that's coming out of the teams, like from Maverick City to Bethel to Hillsong to uh, Elevation, all those. What's coming out of that is a pure, holy worship toward the Lord. It's where our eyes, we know, even that second song that we did, that your song, it's all about what are we looking at? And we're looking at him and we're worshiping him and we're trusting him. So Haggai 1, 3 I think I gave that to no, I'm not really sure. We had a lot to do this morning. A lot to do. A lot of testing of uh, equipment and that type of thing. But Haggai 1, 3. I remember the first time I heard Haggai preached on, Pastor Gene preached on it. Liked it, got me thrown out of my church, but that was okay. It was about time for me to go anyhow. <laughs> His word was so prophetic. And this is what, this is part of what the message is. His word was so prophetic and it was so shaking and so um, breaking open the religious spirits so everyone could see what was holding them back that the religious spirit tried to throw us all out. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, they had a board meeting. <laughs> yes, we did. It wasn't here. It was somewhere else. But what was so funny is the Lord was victorious in this. And I'm just going to tell you the story. We had a board meeting. I was on the board. And um, we had a board meeting to discuss the uh, crazy word that Tennessee pastor brought into our church course, were people healed? Were people set? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, so we had this board meeting and the people who didn't come to the conference were the ones who voiced 
the biggest uh, uh, opposition to what was said. They weren't even there. And um, so when it all got said and done, everybody said their piece. We took a vote of whether we would ever have anything like this cross our doors again. And of course, I voted yes. <laughs> Please, Jesus, cross us. But uh, actually, the majority of the vote went for more. We want more. Yes, we want more. And it was really funny because uh, the uh, head of the board, the pastor and everything, voted against it, and so did some others. And someone came up to me afterwards and said, well, uh, I guess you trumped the pastor. And I said, no. I said, there's just such a hunger for God. It wasn't about who won or who lost. It was about what is God doing that's going to confound what we believe should happen. Because if we don't let go of what our pre predisposed needs, then we will be the one that will oppose what God is trying to do. And that's part of this, this 2023 thing is we've got to shake loose what we think it's going to look like when Jesus comes back. We got to shake it loose and let Jesus do what he's going to do because he's already got a plan that we don't understand. But if we will lean into him, we will get a revelation of what that plan is and be able to step in and help facilitate what he's doing. He's either going to roll over us or he's going to move with us. And I think I would rather move with him than be squished by him. Right? Okay, we might read the word. It says, Haggai 1.3, it says, Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, It is time for you yourselves to dwell in your, oh, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. I think that is a question for us, all of us, that, that, that charge for us to consider our ways really to consider our ways and what we're doing. It says, you have so much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earned wages to put into a sack with holes. And he goes on and says, consider your ways, consider your ways, go up to the mountains and bring the wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. God is saying to his church, to his body, you've gotten a little off focus and I'm asking you to consider your ways. What he said here is, if you've done all this and there is not the fruit from it, then take a look at the interior of your heart and see what is the motivation behind it. What is the motivation behind it? God is calling us to be holy, devoted, committed, 
sold out as one with him. And we know that we're not perfect, but we're being made perfect in his image, right? It says that we are formed in his image. It says that we have the mind of Christ. So there may just be little tweakings along the way that God wants to show us to get us in a greater oneness with him, right? So we're going to consider our ways and we're going to build a house starting with our own selves inside out. We're going to build a house that is going to bring glory to the Lord. And we know as we work on our own house, on our own soul, our own mind, our own thoughts, then it benefits everybody around us. As we become that temple for the Lord that is pure and holy unto him, it spills over into the people that are around us. And it creates a greater unity in the body because we're all in unity with the one who made us. When we're one with Christ and you're one with Christ and you're one and you're, 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 it makes us all a greater one, right? I mean, that's just simple biblical principle. Simple biblical principle. But I want to talk to you just for a few minutes um, about what he is showing us. So he told me there's already started a great intercession for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit over his body. That, that there is a whole move of intercession that you may not even know of or you may be doing, praying for the revival of the church, the revival of his people. So we know that that's already started and we're going to see a greater move of that where people, I found myself the other day, just praying for infilling of the church. Praying that the hearts of the leaders will be turned to him. And we know that when the hearts of the leaders are turned to him, the hearts of the people will follow the leaders because that's how he's worked it. And when we see the hearts of the people turn to him, it turns the heart of the leader back to him. The other thing we're going to see is um, the new ones can be informed in intimacy. And that's already begun. How many of you have felt like you're drawn in such a closer place with God in the recent months, even years? There's just a, it's already there. Um, definitely already there. The other thing we're going to see is we're going to see, and this was an interesting phrase, cult-like leadership within the church is going to fall. And I asked him about that, and he said it is when the leader of the church becomes the one that is worshipped and everyone serves the leader like a cult. And he said that is going to be broken. And it's going to take two, two, two different directions. It will break and destroy those are gathering. That means it will break apart that particular church and, and redistribute or it's going to take the leader and his heart will be turned and the people will be turned with him or her. So there's going to be those, those type of strongholds where people are made to serve under compulsion, not anointing, under, under uh, financial pressure, 
not obedience. You know, they're going to, God's going to take that and he's going to start destroying, breaking those things apart. The other thing is I read earlier is that the religious spirit is going to be run out of the body and it will be run out. And it's funny because I'm like, I don't even know how that works. Because, you know, when you think about it in the logic, what do you do? You go around going, you got a religious spirit. You're going to have to go because God said that it's going to be run out. I really think, and I've been really praying into this actually for a while, not about the religious spirit, but just, just the changing of the body. But I really think there's going to be a wave of hearts moved, of hearts changed, of, of the, the, this manifest presence that's been released of God, this, this signs and wonders that he's been doing that we, you know, we don't expect uh, Karen's furnace part to come in when they said it wasn't going to come in for weeks to come in the next day. Sometimes we forget that, oh, well, that was great. Well, no, that was God. And that's what he's doing. He's doing these unusual things that is grabbing our attention and, and helping us realign with the greater purpose that he has. And as he does things like that, what happens? Our heart is changed. Our heart is changed. Our heart is changed. And I think that's the way it's going to happen. And there may be other ways, but I think that's one of the main ways with such a wave of his presence is going to change the heart of the people. It's going to turn the heart back to him. So uh, that was one of them. And then that, you know, people have been talking about how there's a new move of house churches and small gatherings and how I've even heard him say that the, the church is no longer valid. It's no longer relevant. It's no longer whatever. It's no longer, but that is not what the word says, number one. So we're going to have to stick to what the word says. It's always good to say, God, what do you say about that? Because I hear that word out there, but does it align with this word in here? And if it doesn't, then, then they may have a piece of something that's happening, but it but the word does not contradict itself. Okay, that's, that's different. You can go to school and learn the rest of that. But, but what, what I understand from the Lord is it's not in replacement of, it's in addition to, because as we grow together in small intimate se settings, it helps us to be together in greater settings. You know, when you fellowshiped and broke bread and ate and, you know, gone to the movies or whatever it is with other people, that when you come together, there's a different level of relationship that you bring into the house that brings the rest of the house together. And I really believe that that's what God is doing. He's showing us that these uh, micro organisms of the church bring the macro into a greater oneness, into a greater intimacy, into a greater family. Remember, God has created a family, not an organization. He's created a family that has mothers and fathers. He's created a family that has teachers and prophets and apostles. And he's created a family that he wants to be able to eat together and love together and to take care of each other in whatever format that takes. But he has created a family first. And it's a family that's on a mission. And the mission is to do the father's business. 
And our job is to operate the Father's business on earth the same way it is in heaven. That is our job. So in a family business, we know that we've had family businesses. Some of you may have. We know that it's not perfect because we're people. And, you know, sometimes people get on each other's nerves. I don't know if that's ever happened to y'all. <laughs> right, honey? But, but in a family, what we do is we rise above our little nuances so that we can be a family. We don't quit the family because they're bothering us. We lean into the family because God's called us family. And we work through the family dynamics because somebody's the toe, somebody's the kidney, somebody's the brain, somebody's the eye. We're all different parts. And the only way to make it work is if we work through the parts. But I feel like this is all part of this. This is the year of the church. We're going to learn how to be a dynamic family with all of our funkiness and love each other beyond the knowledge of us. You know, that's the first lesson that we do in MII is learning to love beyond the knowledge of someone. You know, I can love you from afar because I don't know anything about you. But if I've spent a lot of time with you, then I need to love you beyond what I know. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously. God loves us beyond the knowledge of us. Because he knows all of our junk. Even when we hide it from him, he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I know. I saw what you did to that car when, you, when he pulled out in front of you. I'm there. I'm always with you. <laughs> but don't be afraid because I'm going to fix you. <laughs> but think about it. He loves us beyond what he knows about us because he's created us in his image. And the goal is that we will be like him as we journey through on earth till we get to eternity. Amen. So he is with us all the way. Yes. Bumps and bruisers victories. He's with us all the way. And he is teaching us how to be a family where we are with each other all the way. In spite, because we love him and he's teaching us to love each other the way we love him. And to me, that is so exciting. Uh, someone from uh, my past sent me a, a note and they were like, uh, you know, we've been watching you and haven't seen you in a long time. And we love what you're doing. And, and uh, you know, we've been a little detached from church and all that. And I sent them a note back and I just said, you know, I have to tell you, I am living the dream. Because I have a family that I've always dreamed about in the church. I always dreamed about what it would be like to really have a family of God, that we can laugh together, we can cry together, we can be mad together, we can be mad at each other together, and still endure, 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 because the moment of frustration or whatever it is, 
only last a moment based on the calling God has for us and learning how to do that. And, you know, for 10 years, I mean, we've, we've had some wins, we've had some losses, we've had some hurts, but I told him, I said, I am living my dream because I have a family at the gathering and over our web church and with Patricia King and her, I have a family that's in it for the long haul. I have a family that is so hungry for God that we're all excited to be together because we can't wait to see what your testimony is and what your testimony is and what God did and what's he going to do during the service and how's worship going to go. We are so hungry to be as one together. What more could I ask for? And I, I just sent him that note. I said, come join us. If you want to be part of a family, that is so hot after what God has for them, then come. Because that's, that's what God is building. He's building a family. He's teaching us to break down the organizational structure, the org chart that, you know, I'm here and you're there and you better go get my car for me. <laughs> He's breaking down the organizational structure that's like, I'm here and you're there. Can I go get your car for me? I mean, you know, he's breaking us down where all we want to do is serve each other and serve him. And it's all for the kingdom of God, right? And that is what we're going to see over the coming year. We're going to see the church so alive that people aren't going to shun us. They're going to run toward us. We're going to see the church so alive that God is raising up these, these new uh, pastor, these new people to take and take it to a next generation. We're seeing a church so alive that our little kids back there are encountering God and they're coming out. I, I don't know if y'all saw the little message from Deb Kofer. She isn't here today. She's been on the road and got a little bug. But uh, let me just tell you, this is what her granddaughter, her granddaughter is four, five, five. Okay, so her granddaughter is five. So she said, yesterday, my daughter-in-law took Adeline, her granddaughter, and Millie, her other granddaughter, and started pouring rain. And Adeline broke out into prayer. And she told Jesus, if he would stop that rain, she would give him lots of kisses. <laughs> But guess what? The rain stopped immediately. That's what we're raising up. And Adeline began giving him lots and lots of kisses. That's what we're raising up. A family that knows how to interact with their father and knows the heart of Jesus and what he has for them. That's what we're raising up. That's what we're raising up out there. And you know what? That's what he's raising up in us. That's such a childlike faith that we're just like, Daddy, can you just stop the rain because I want to go out and play? He's like, got it. No problem. Oh. Got it. No problem. That's what God is doing. And uh, I am thrilled that that's what God is doing. And I am thrilled. I live right now in this house with you guys because we're going to experience this joy and this wonder of God. And a transformation of the body of Christ like we've never seen before. You know, if we're going to have a million soul harvest, then we got to have the body in a place where they can take care of those million souls, right? Amen. Our billion soul is what they're saying. Okay. Amen. Amen. It's 12 o'clock. I hear the lunch whistle calling, right? Gene said, he looked at that long agenda. He said, all I know is we have lunch. Yeah. <laughs>
He said, that's what I know I got to do. I got to eat. <laughs> I said, I'm with you on that. Let's stand. Let's pray. Let's just celebrate God and what he's doing and, and that he is transforming his body. God, we just thank you. We celebrate you. We worship you, Lord. You are transforming your body into this new thing, which was the one thing we were created for. So God, we thank you for the wineskin of intimacy. God, we thank you that you've given us childlike hearts. God, we thank you that you are moving through us, over us, to us, so that your family business can go forward in the way that you've designed it. And Lord, we agree with you that you're breaking off religious spirits. You're refreshing the hearts with your very presence. You're, you're getting rid of that, that cult mentality. And, and we're going to go into a servant mentality, a worshiper mentality, where we love the Lord with all of our hearts and we love each other in the same way. So God, thank you for the family that you've given us. And thank you for the family that's going to continue to grow. And we just bless and honor you this morning in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.